Hey everyone, it's Rich Big Daddy Salgado. And you know, tonight uh, I'm coming to you from a new studio. I happen to be uh, fortunate enough to uh, be dear friends with uh, Donna Drake, who is uh, an up and coming, actually she's beyond up and coming. She is here to stay. She has her own show called Live It Up. And uh, I'm a part of that show, and uh, I'm doing the show tonight from uh, her studio in uh, Melville, Long Island. And uh, our guest tonight is a friend of mine I know for quite a while, and uh, it's funny. He has a mixed bag, I call it. And what I mean by that is he is an agent, but he's got two very, very uh, – to the point uh, clientele. And what I mean by that is he represents head coaches in, in hockey and he represents NFL players, mainly kickers. <laughs> so, uh, and he's coming to us all the way from Toronto, Canada. So every, all you viewers and listeners, let's say hello to my friend, Gil Scott. How you doing, Gil? I'm good, Big Daddy. How you doing tonight? Uh, doing great. You know, it's uh, we're right in the middle of hockey playoffs, and it's such an exciting time, especially with, uh, you know, our New York Islanders down here, uh, especially taking game one of their uh, series. Uh, I, I think, uh, well, I know everyone is excited, and uh, and you have a little bit of something to do with it. So, uh, But we'll get to that a little bit further down the road. Okay. So, um so let, I know the story. I know your history. So let's uh, share that with, uh, with all the uh, viewers and listeners. Uh, when did you start uh, your agent practice and, and what led you to become an agent? Why did you want to be one? Well, I started, uh, graduated from Michigan State University, got married, moved back to Toronto, and I got in the life insurance business. And I started selling insurance, and there were tax deferral schemes that were available to professional athletes in Canada mm -hmm. that would lower their tax rates called income averaging annuities. And I started by doing a presentation in the Toronto Argonauts and Hamilton Ticats locker room on these annuities. And one thing led to another, and one guy asked me to represent him. And uh, I had this, you know, million-dollar roundtable business up here, and I had this little sports thing down here, and then it just kind of went like that. Um, became a sports agent, started representing players initially in the CFL, and then started transitioning some of those guys to the NFL, uh, i.e. Uh, took Dieter Brock uh, out of Hamilton down to the L.A. Rams where he played in the NFC championship game as a quarterback in his rookie year at age 34, made the all-rookie team in the NFL and lost to the, uh, the great Chicago Bear team that won the Super Bowl that year in the NFC championship game. So that was my, my foray into getting players into the NFL. And over the years, NFL teams have contacted me about, you know, who's in Canada, who should we look at, Gil, uh, who can come down here and play. And, you know, <clears throat> you know, it worked out some Canadian kickers like Steve Christie, who had a great career with the Buffalo Bills and Giants in San Diego, and Lawrence Tynes with the Giants started in, in, in Ottawa in the CFL. Uh, and then Mike Vanderjet with the Indianapolis Colts. So it just kind of built up over the years to uh, taking players for either with Canadian roots or who had played in Canada down to the NFL. Now, you know, it's funny. Uh, I was a huge fan of Dieter Brock's. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, that's, that's his helmet right behind us. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I started I, back in, I think it was, I want to say maybe 82 was the NFL on strike. Could have been, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the ESPN started showing the Canadian football games. Right, right. And I started watching Winnipeg, and they were so good. And I was so impressed Yeah, uh, by Dieter Brock. And uh, he just had a cool name, too. So yeah, it was like, uh, I was like, man. I, and then when he went to the NFL, I was like, hey. Yeah, you know that guy. Him, you know, and uh, but uh, and then, you know, obviously I had a relationship with Lawrence Tynes being uh, – all my time hanging around the Giants. That's and right. So, um, and he was always, he was funny because, you know, he would see me and he'd be like, oh, Big Daddy, pizza again, huh? I'd be like, yeah, Bomberto's is here. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and he goes, you know, Big Daddy, you never see fat kickers. I go, yeah, I get it. I go, I don't take it personal if you don't eat any, you know. <laughs> I'm just the delivery guy. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not. I'm nothing more than the delivery guy. Right. So, uh, but anyway, so you you started in football first, and then you got into hockey, or hockey first, and then football. Yeah, football first, and then uh, uh, back in the uh, when Bob Goodnow was running the NA, NHL Players Association, he brought in a rule after Alan Eagleson was uh, let go that agents in hockey couldn't represent players and coaches. So. Yeah. In the past, you know, NHL agents also represented a lot of the coaches in the NHL. So because I didn't represent NHL players, I was able to represent NHL coaches. So uh, a good friend of mine who was a hockey agent referred me to John Muckler. John Muckler was the first uh, person I represented in management in the National Hockey League. And I, he had just won executive of the year and got fired in Buffalo. And I ended up signing with the New York Rangers as their next head coach. And then he went on to Ottawa, GM in Ottawa after that, and uh, sadly passed away of COVID earlier this year. But yeah, uh, yeah it's a shame. John was uh, Wayne Gretzky's coach for his last game, and of course he coached him in Edmonton all those years, and then had him with the Rangers when uh, Wayne ended his career at the Rangers. Well, that's uh, a name you know synonymous with uh, success, winning. Yeah, and uh, you know. For those who understand the game of hockey and know it, you know, who follow it like we do, um, he, you know, definitely had such a, a high level. Of, right. He's uh, – what, what, the best way to put it is he's NHL royalty. Yes, yeah. But that's the best way to put it. You know, there's certain people that fit certain categories, and he definitely fit – you know, fits that category. You know? yeah, I won't tell you the back end of his email, but his email always started off Stanley five, the number five. <laughs> five Stanley Cups. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, – it's funny. Uh, I know someone whose email is the Cup 94. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Rangers and – Right, right. Men, and uh, so uh, I love when guys use, uh, you know, little – uh, nicknames or adamant, uh, what's the word I want to use? Uh, things that apply to something that either has to do with winning or success. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know so it's, uh, and you know, you mentioned Bob Goodnow. Um, I got to meet Bob, and actually, I got to do, you know, he helped me with my business. Obviously, like, right. you know, 
you started off in insurance. Yeah, I started off bird dogging in football and hockey. It was okay. Crazy. I uh, I was living in Pittsburgh at the time. This is 1992, and uh, through one of the guys on the Jets, um, he says to me, "Hey, you're moving to Pittsburgh." I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, when you get there, you got to meet this guy Tony." All right, I'll meet Tony. <laughs> Tony says, "Hey, Big Daddy, come on, I'm taking you out." I go, oh, "All right, where are we going?" He goes to a softball game. Mm-hmm. Like a softball game. I just drove here from New York, and like the last thing I want to do is go to a softball game, but okay, let's go. And then all right in front of me, I was like kind of starstruck. He goes, I want you to meet my friend Mario. <laughs> <laughs> and there he is, all six foot five of them. Mario Lemieux. You know, and uh, and then I met, uh, you know, Steve Rich and Tom Rich. And, right. And, uh, you know, I started doing some work with them. And then I said to them, I go, hey, I have an opportunity to get you guys into football. And then they were like, nah, we, you know, we'll stick with hockey and baseball. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. We'll introduce you to someone that you could, you could work with. And that was Ralph Sinridge. Oh yeah. I know Ralph. Yeah. For sure. So I was like working for both guys being in the same city. Oh wow. And uh, it was funny. I had a good run the first three years and I was like, wow, this is pretty easy. Cause you know, I'm making this, all this money and, uh, then reality set in, <laughs> and two years in a row, I'm like, man, thank God I got another job because, uh, you know, this ain't cutting it. And, yeah. and then I got into the insurance business, and then that allowed me to, you know, spread my wings and expand my horizons. And Right. Well, now you work with everybody, and, you know, and uh, it's, it's been a rewarding career, and That's it's great. been fun, and, you know, you know this, but a lot of people don't. Getting into that business has uh, steered me in so many different uh, paths that I never ever would have thought that I can imagine I'd ever be in. You know, yeah. yeah. You know, it's uh, not too many people have a national, uh, and you and you know this story. Not too many people have a national TV personality tell the whole world, "Hey." Uh, say a prayer for big daddy because he's got coronavirus, you know, and yeah, you know, and uh, I was like, well, I didn't win the lotto, but I did appreciate, you know, uh, Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity wishing me well. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's, uh, and you know, at the same time, it's, it's being fortunate, being at the right place and being blessed at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so, um, so now you're, you've represented Stanley Cup winners. You've represented Super Bowl winners. I mean, what else is on the docket for Gil Scott management? Well, I'm looking for another Stanley Cup this year. I'm, uh, I, 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 t- I was texting with Barry Trott on uh, Saturday, and I said, I've, I've been in Tampa with you many times, Barry, whether it was the Capitals or the Islanders, where you come down here and everybody thinks – you know, Tampa's such a strong team and they're going to win. And I can remember many times being here when you've beaten them with either club. And I said, I, I think you're going to beat them down there. And sure enough, game one comes up and it's Islander hockey, right? All the way. And uh, yeah, don't count those guys out from going all the way. Well, look, I, I think, you know, they're going to, the Tampa's going to come back, you know, obviously tomorrow with their big boy stick and try to, you know, bat, bat their way to victory in game two. 
So I think the Islanders, they're poised to make a run. And I think that last year really gave them a lesson or an education on, you know, what it is or what it takes to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they were right there. Yeah. So now yeah. they should be able to take the next step. And, uh, and let's, uh, you know, let's cheer them on and get to the next, uh, get to the Stanley Cup finals, you know. It just takes the opportunity to get in, and then what happens after that? You know, anybody can beat anybody. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And and I have to say thanks to you. You know, my second show was Barry Trotz, and I, I'll tell you that was a well received, unbelievable. Uh, you know, uh, what's the word I want to use? Uh, it was just received so well that I was I was pleasantly shocked. Because a very, very, I very human being. People. Yeah, I mean, we had a great time on the show, and yeah. you know, chatting before we even went on live, and uh, and then speaking after, I was so, I was so elated and happy that uh, obviously he gave me the time, and obviously thanks to you, and uh, you know, he's like, Big Daddy, you got to get to a hockey game. He goes, yeah. you know, uh, you know, I think I can help you. And <laughs> <laughs> I said to him, I said, yeah, coach, I know you can, but you know, I'm, I'm all over the place, so I can never commit to something unless I really like say, hey, I'm going to go to this game or, right, right. But, you know, I uh, listen. I was grateful and appreciative, and uh, I hope he wins it because, uh, you know, I think he'll build on his legacy. Yeah. You know, if he wins one here, that would be – you might as well just give him the Hall of Fame ticket, I think, because it's just – it's an incredible job to leave one place and go to another one and and uh, repeat the same feat. Right, right. That speaks volumes about him, yeah. his coaching, his philosophies, and everything that comes with it. Well, one of the, one of the great things about Barry Trotz is he never makes it about himself. And he's selfless, and and the reason his teams play for him is because that's the way he is, and that's why he has such great success. Because he doesn't make it about him; he makes it about the team. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, he's, you see uh, the love that players have for him that are on the other teams that he beats. Yes, that's right. Yeah. You know, it's like you know, guys are hugging him. I'm surprised they're not kissing him. You know, and you could see that that comes from respect. Yeah, you know, the guys understand. Uh, hey, this guy's for real. He's here to yeah. stay, and yeah, and he's a proven winner. So yeah. it's like, how could you not? Yeah, you know. And uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm fortunate to say uh, I have a new friend as a head coach, and uh, you know, I'm cheering for him. And you know, you're supposed to be biased in this business, but uh, or not be biased, but uh, you got to cheer for people. And, right. And, and he's a good person, and, and I, I know I've spoken to at least five or six different people that work there, and they all say they love him. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You know, it's not – there's no – you know, you always have one coach that everybody hates. Right, right. Even though he may win, but, you know, he's still – I hate that guy. He's a prick, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever, without naming people. And, right. Uh, but you know you don't hear that when uh, you talk about Coach Trotz. It's right. uh, he just gets a lot of uh, accolades and uh, and great praise and yeah. and support. So I hope uh, they can win. You know the second game and and then you know I could just imagine 
how loud that Coliseum will be on Thursday night. It's going to be nuts. It'll be, It'll be crazy, crazy. Yeah. And uh, they'll probably regret that they brought down the seats from 17,000 to 13,000. Right, exactly. You know, because there's no way that you would have not had a full house. Right, right. Had the other seats there. You know, you're going to have one anyway, but it's just going to be a smaller crowd. Well, by winning that first game in Tampa, they've got the home series advantage now. They've got they got three games left at the Coliseum potentially. So, yeah, no, I definitely, uh, you definitely know that, and 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 I and I think the uh, the NHL Network folks. I've been watching the interviews and whatnot, and you know, some of them, they all predict that the Islanders would win Game One. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think they were just on such a high, and they're. You know that was a big win, a series win against Boston, and right, right. I, they seem more focused, so it'll be again, it'll be interesting to see what Tampa brings, right, uh, to Game Two. Well, they'll bring they'll bring all they got in the next game. They've got they've got to win that game to stay in the series. Yeah, yeah, no, I know it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Um. So. Any other things that you're working on that, you know, you uh, besides the agent stuff, anything that you want to share? Or? Um, no, I'm just uh, just trying to get this crazy COVID stuff over here in Canada. You know, we're we're still locked down at the border. Like, well, I say we're locked down. You can travel to the U.S., but when you come back, you got to quarantine for 14 days. And uh, so I went to Florida see my kicker Jason Sanders with the uh, Miami Dolphins and we had to my wife and I came back we had to quarantine for 14 days and quarantine means every morning at 11 o'clock you got an email from the government you had to answer are you having any symptoms or whatever and um, twice we had people knock at our door to see if we were there day six and on day 14 of the quarantine a government official showed up at our door making sure we were home because if you weren't there, you're subject to a fine up to $750,000. So I think people are so done with this thing, right? Yeah, we need to get the borders open back up, and you've opened things up a lot better down in the U.S. than we have up here so far. So hopefully soon uh, we'll have that freedom again. You know? Yeah, it was. Uh, I went away one week, and uh, I had to go away during the week. And, uh, you know, they had the people at the airport uh, chasing after you when you got off the plane. Right. And then I remember uh, the next two days later, I see my phone, New York State Health Department. And for, uh, I think it was seven days at 8.30 every morning. How do you feel? Do you feel sick? Right. Da, 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 and, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I just responded, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, I uh, went through it. Yeah, you know, had it, went through it, and then uh, you know, obviously, I got the uh, vaccine shots. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but you know, it was very rough, especially me. When you, you and I, we're both alike. We see each other in places that we don't know we're going to be at. Right, right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, one minute I'm, uh, I don't know, in New York, and then the next minute I'm on the sideline, in Miami. And there you are. I'm like, hey, what's up, Bill? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. You know. Uh, so uh, it's the non-travel part. It was difficult to watch football on TV right. year-round. And, and, you know, my brother being an assistant coach with the Buffalo Bills, yeah, had they gone to the Super Bowl, I would have went. You know? yeah. But, uh, yeah. 
being that I had no reason to be there or was allowed to be there, I, I didn't go. I watched it. I think it was the first time I watched it on TV, and I can't even remember. Wow. Yeah, been so many. I've been to so many, and yeah. I went to – I told somebody to talk about Hawaii. I said, I'll never go to Hawaii unless it's I'm beamed there, you know, like a Star Trek beam, because I went, I think, 20 years in a row I went to Hawaii. Wow, for the Pro Bowl? Yeah, Pro Bowl, and, uh, you know – as much as it was a great trip when you got there, the flight there and back was always – Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Especially in New York. Wow. Yeah, and I know the players, uh, you know, miss going there. Yeah. Because yeah. it was such a uh, – it was like a reward to, you know, right. you get to bring your family and – Yeah. You, know, you have seven, eight days. And some guys went longer. They stayed because they had no reason to go back. The season was over. But uh, So how many Super Bowls have you been to? Have you counted them up? Yeah, I've been to – I went – the first one I went to was uh, Washington-Buffalo, which was in 90 – Yeah. That was in Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah. That was my first one, and that was the coldest one I had ever been to. Yeah. I mean, like, I remember people that didn't want to walk out of their hotels, and they were walking through the tunnels there uh, from the hotel through right. the mall and whatnot. Uh, I did not go to the one in San Francisco when they opened up the new stadium. Right, I didn't either. No. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't feel like trekking all the way out there. I just wasn't feeling it. And uh, and uh, being that I was working at Fox with the uh, Super Bowl correspondent stuff, we didn't send a crew. Okay, so I stayed home. I watched it at home, and uh, so I missed that one. And I missed uh, last year. Yeah. So, uh, and then I missed the one in uh, Minnesota. I've been, to, I've been to 18 of them, but I, I haven't been the last couple. Um, but it's, you know, it's uh, this year, it's uh, LA. Yeah, that should be interesting. Yeah, it should be interesting, LA, and then uh, Vegas after that. Right. So yeah. it's like yeah. one party to the next party. Yeah, exactly. You know, or one banquet to the next party. That'll, exactly. that's what that'll be. And, uh, you know, after a while, you know how it gets. You're like, same thing yeah. over and over. And uh, But when you have clients in the game, you know, you got to be there to support them. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're looking for you and they want to talk to you. And, right. uh, you know, and it's always, uh, for me, it's a great area to network because, you know, everybody's there and you're yeah. running families and, uh, yeah. and whatnot. So, uh, and then I get to walk around with a camera crew and a mic and we interview people. And that's always fun. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Then I boldly go on Sunday morning and try to predict the winner. Right, know? right. Yeah, I, I had a bad run there, Gil, for a while. <laughs> you weren't getting the right winners. I was not getting the right ones. I, uh, I did get Kansas City over uh, San Francisco correct. Okay. Good. Even though everybody was telling me you are out of your mind, and I'm like, I brought a helmet on the set just to prove that yep. I believed in the Chiefs. Yeah. And then uh, Tom Brady smacked me in the face last year. You know, yeah. you had Kansas City again. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, I had a, I had Andy Reid on the show as well, and uh, okay. yeah, Steve Spagnola. You know, right. Right. sure. So uh, it was, you know, Tom Brady's got me uh, a couple of times. Yeah, against the Giants, he hasn't. But he's uh, got most people except the Giants. That's right. That's, yeah. right. <laughs> That's right. He has gotten pretty much everybody. Uh, yeah, uh, you know it's uh, the Super Bowls are great, and it'll be uh, hopefully everything gets back to normal. Where yeah, 
you and I could see each other there yeah. if, uh, if they let you out of Canada. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember I went to the one in Tampa. It was the Buffalo Bills first Super Bowl against New York Giants. Yep. Marcells was coaching the Giants. And I can't remember how much the ticket was then, 400 bucks or whatever it was. And I thought I got my money for it before the game even started. Um, that was the game that my di- wife didn't want me to go. Saddam Hussein said he was going to bomb the Super Bowl. Uh, it was oh, a storm. Norman Schwarzkopf was leading the American troops there. They had Sigorsky helicopters with machine guys with machine guns going over, around the field before the game. And um, Lee Greenwood saying, you know, proud to be an American in the pregame show. And then uh, Dion Warwick sang the national anthem. It was unbelievable. And they had the 25th uh, all-time Super Bowl team, Mike Singletary and different guys there. Yeah. And, and I, th- I said to myself, when you go to a Super Bowl, you get your money's worth before the game even starts, you know, with all that pregame stuff they had. It was unbelievable. Yeah, Super Bowls, of, uh, I remember when the tickets were 200 a ticket. Yeah. And then now, you know, to get in, it's $1,000 a ticket. Oh, know? well, yeah, or more. Yeah. Minimum. And, uh, and, and, and I, I've looked at some of my old ticket stubs, you know, I have, and uh, it's kind of funny. You just say, wow. Yeah. What a difference uh, it was 20 years ago compared to now. That's right. That's right. Everything is, uh, even the entertainment is specialized, the tailgate party beforehand. I mean, right. that ticket sometimes is harder to get than the game ticket. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and I always get, yeah, I want to go. I want to go to the tailgate, Big Dad. I want to. You want about a hundred other people I know want to go to the tailgate, but uh, right, right. There's nothing I could do. I don't run the ticket department at the NFL for the tailgate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So this is a part of the show where I get to let you have a little fun. Now I'm going to hand you the mic, and you get to ask me uh, a question. Well. Um, due to having two clients on the Islanders and Lane Lambert and Barry Trotz, I'm going to have to call on your uh, your knowledge, Big Daddy, and ask you a question. Sure. When I get to Long Island to come to some of those games, what is the finest Italian restaurant you would recommend to me? <laughs> I love Italian food. Well, I, I'm going to tell you, I have a – there's a couple of them. I mean, I'm going to get you in trouble if you say one, right? Uh, no, you know what? Listen, I try to be fair and honest. And uh, I say, if I have to say I have for pizza, you already know what I'm going to say. And you've been there. You know, we've been there together and, uh, you know, Umberto's obviously. But, man, for Italian, uh, I'll tell you. Stella's and Flora Park is a great Italian restaurant. Okay. Um, That one's good. There's also, uh, believe it or not, very close friends of mine. Uh, They own a bakery and a restaurant, and they're next to each other. Oh, wow. And I will tell you that I will take you there, Gil, and I know that you'll appreciate it because I know what kind of person you are. It is not bells and whistles, but the food can compare, can match up with anybody. Well, that's the only, that's the most important thing. Forget yep. the bells and whistles. And that place is called La Bodega in Carl Place. Okay. And, uh, next door, they make bread for half of Long Island's catering halls and wow. wedding parlors and yeah. the best bread that you'll ever get. Wow. 
Sounds and, good. Let's do it. So uh, save that one because I promise to bring you there. Okay. Uh, I've brought uh, quite a few different people there, and uh, and one of them happens to be your favorite, who we won't say on air, but uh, he's been coming there with me now for a couple months now for breakfast. Good, good. And uh, and, uh, and as I. I've had them make cakes for uh, Michael Strahan for his birthday twice. Yeah. Pete Hegseth, my running mate there at Fox and Friends. Yeah. And uh, and so on and so on and so on. And uh, that's why I can I can proudly say, without hesitation, that I would go there first before anything else because you kill two birds in one stone. And you can't get any fresher than what you would get there. Beautiful. Sounds like a plan. We'll even have to bring the coach over there one day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Trust me. Once you uh, you walk out of there with <laughs> they they force you to walk out of there with food. Yeah. <laughs> the bread is too good to say no. Yeah. And uh, and I've delivered bread all the way up to. I think I took it one time to Rhode Island. Wow. So far, I've taken it up. And, uh, yep. you know, if you love semolina bread and fresh Italian bread and the best cannolis in the world uh, made there. So, uh, again, you uh, juiced up for when you come down here. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So, uh, so there you have it. You got uh, Stella and you got La Bodega. And uh, another place that's very has incredible food is uh, Mateo's. Mm-hmm. Another great spot that's uh, owned and run by the Sabaro family. Jerry Sabaro, obviously of Sabaro Pizza fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, they own a, they own four of those: uh, two in New York and two in Florida. Okay, you can uh, you can't go wrong with a meal there either. It's incredible. So wow. let's uh, let's hope the Islanders uh, you know get to that next round and. Yeah. You know, we obviously want them to do it in four, but if we have to go seven, at least, you know, we got a couple of nights covered with food. That sounds good. Sounds great. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, so, uh, Gil, why don't you tell everybody how to find you? You know, give us your website, give us your social media so that uh, all the fans and viewers can uh, watch, listen, look for you, keep up to date with you. Okay. Uh, website is just my name, Gil Scott, one L and Gil, G I L S C O T T sports.com. And my uh, Twitter handle is I am Big Fresh. And then you got Instagram too, right? And Instagram, that's also I am Big Fresh. All right. So uh, you're, you're everyone big, now knows. You're Big Daddy. You're Big Daddy. And <laughs> one of my players named me Big Fresh. So. We got Big Daddy and Big Fresh here together. That's right, Big Daddy and Big Fresh. Uh, that's a winning winning combination. How's there you, that? There you go. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I want to say, Gil, thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing your story. And uh, and that's all we try to do here. We just try to be a little bit different because we're not here to be, uh, you know, one of the big TV shows or anything right. like that. We just want to give the real, you know, real story, the real human story and, you know, where people started, where they're heading and, yeah. and how they got started. And, and uh, you know, it's a similar – we both have a, a similar story. Yeah. If we started in two different arenas, actually. Yeah. Oh, no, we started in the same arena, both uh, – you know, 
you got insurance. I had the bird dogging. Right, right, right. And, uh, flipping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for good reason, uh, they say uh, things happen for a reason, and and that's how I feel. So yeah. uh, it's all good. Well, well uh, fine. Thank you very much for having me on. Really appreciate the opportunity to speak with your audience and uh, have this opportunity to ch- chat with you. Yep, absolutely. So uh, to everyone out there, keep an eye out for Gil Scott. Keep an eye out for Coach Barry Trotz and those Islanders. And uh, until next time, I'll see everybody real soon. And don't forget, Big Daddy and Friends, where we tell the story behind the stories. All right? Until next time, see everybody real soon.